Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And good morning. Welcome again to another edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden is your host. He is here. And uh, you look dry. You didn't get rained on too. I am a little dry. You know, what the heck? I was out at the Twins game twice this week. One time they decided to play a baseball game. The other time they didn't. That's right. <laughs> no, I went out there. I think it was uh, I, had, I had a ticket. And I'm driving down to Target Field, and it is a downpour. Yeah. And I'm thinking, really? We're going down to an outdoor baseball game for this? I get in. They take my ticket. And 60 seconds later, the they, game, call the they called the game. So we turned around. Well, speaking of calling, we're going to get a lot of calls and text messages, maybe some tweets as well. What what are we going to be doing it's, today? Today's one of our, our our very popular Ask the Pharmacist show. And no, I didn't go out and get another degree in pharmacy um, in the past week. So we brought out some actual pharmacists to help us out. This is a show, it's sort of like our open line show where you can just call in, not on any specific medical topic, but about um, uh, issues of pharmacy and your medications yeah. from the people who do this for a living. So it's, um, we're just going to, uh, you're going to drive the show with your calls and your texts and your tweets to Dr. David Hilden, and we're going to answer those. Um, Should uh, I give the numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. I'll give the number, the phone, and the text number, and you can start filling those lines right now. 651-989-9226. That's our phone number. You can send the, the uh, doctor and his guests a text, if you like, at 81807. It's Ask the Pharmacist today, uh, 81807 for your text message. Thank you very much, Denny. And I'm going to introduce my guests. I have a one um, a, uh, upcoming save the date kind of announcement that I want you to put on your calendars if you're interested. It is called Science in Society, Why Facts Don't Seem to Matter. And what this is, is a panel discussion and event around science. Um, and well, heck, I'm on the panel. So that's why I'm telling you about it. It's on June 15th, 530 to 730 at the Science Museum of Minnesota, right on the river in downtown St. Paul. It's sponsored by the Advancing Science Foundation in America, which has been around for many decades of um, promoting science and science education. It's also sponsored by the Minnesota Science Museum and the College of Biological Sciences at the University of Minnesota. That's June 15th, 530 to 730. There is a registration fee and space is limited, um, but it's a panel discussion about science and why facts don't seem to matter anymore in our society. So if you're interested, go to the website. It's minnesota.arcsfoundation, arcsfoundation.org. Minnesota.arcsfoundation.org to register. That's June 15th. Okay, on to the topic at hand. We have two pharmacists with us. One is a repeat guest. She was here last year, roughly this time of year. It's Lori Wilhite. 
Lori um, is a pharmacist at HCMC, and her practice interests include pain management, psychiatry, and toxicology. And she's also a certified specialist in poison information. So she's really got a load of expertise. Welcome back to the show, Lori. Thanks, Dr. Hilton. Great good. to be here. It's good to have you here. And then um, to, your, to her left, I know you can all see that over the radio, to Lori's left is Jill Spitzmuller. Did I say that right, Jill? Yes, you did. Jill is a pharmacist at Hennepin County Medical Center. She's an ambulatory care pharmacist pharmacy resident. Her practice interests include internal medicine and chronic disease management. And um, welcome to the show. She has not been on the show before, so it's good to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tell me about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from New Brighton, Minnesota. Grew up there, uh, born and raised. Uh, Went to college down in St. Mary's um, in Winona, and then I went to the University of Minnesota for the pharmacy program. You're like me. I'm from here. Went to my schooling here. Why'd you go into pharmacy? I've always wanted to go into the medical field. Um, but I loved chemistry, and I felt that chemistry and pharmacy lended together pretty well. Um, and I was just drawn to the patient care that pharmacists are able to give. A lot of people don't even know that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think many people, or probably most people, know about your pharmacist down at your retail pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, you go and into Target or your Walgreens or your CVS or whatever, and you get your, your medications, and you might, you might know your pharmacist there, but you guys actually work with patients in the clinic. Isn't yeah, that right? That's, that's really unique about Lori and I. We work uh, directly with patients and providers in the clinic setting and help them manage their medications. It's one of the best things. Um, most of my doctor colleagues and me um, will readily say in private, and I'd be willing to say it to all my friends on the radio, that there's more times than I can count that the pharmacist has pulled my fanny out of the fire. So uh, I'm very uh, – um, there's just – it's a very complicated field, and they're the best colleagues you could possibly want if you're a physician. So, Lori, where are you from? I grew up in a small town in Iowa, uh, Van Horn, Iowa, population about 600 these days. Um, <laughs> did it used to be more or did it used to be less? <laughs> Actually, it was a little less when I grew up there, so – um, I went to school at the University of Iowa, so I'm a very proud Iowa Hawkeye. Okay, you, there's the door right over there. <laughs> I'll have you know I went to the University of Minnesota. It's a big school over here in Minneapolis. I'm aware. I'm aware. We take a lot of teasing, but we wear all of our Hawkeye gear anyway. Um, yeah, so I got my bachelor's degree in PharmD there, um, met my husband. Um, he went to law school there, and we wanted to live in a bigger metropolitan area in the Midwest and came up here to Minnesota. Then, so. then Cowshorn, or what was the name of your town? <laughs> uh, Van Horn. It Van was Horn. named after like a railroad um, executive or something like that. So. Fabulous. Well, to all the good people who may or may not be listening from Van Horn, Iowa, welcome <laughs> to the show. I hope you are listening. I'm just teasing. Okay. Well, let's start talking about um, let's start talking about our medications. We already have some people on the line. And um, we have some text messages that are coming in. Is it is it time to go to the phones, Danny? Well, we Should can. We? we can intermingle. Whatever you, if you have more to say uh, with our guests, okay. So, fine too. so while we can, do, we have some phones coming in, and we're going to talk Great. a little bit first. One thing, one of the topics that I had wanted to um, talk about before, because it's so much in the news, is about opioids. Now, many people um, may or may not be aware that we're basically in an epidemic of pain medications. And when I say opiates or opioids, what we're talking about is relatives of morphine, narcotic medications that are painkillers. Could one of you comment about about that whole um, situation? What's going on? Why are why is why have we why are we seeing an, an opioid epidemic? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to speak to that. Um, Part of what I do in my position as a medication therapy management pharmacist at Hennepin is I work in a pain clinic and help the doctors there 
safely and effectively manage patients that are on um, pain medication, you know, things like Vicodin, Percocet, OxyContin. Um, you know, I can say when I went to pharmacy school in the 90s, um, you know, any healthcare professional trained back then was told that addiction to these medicines was rare and that we should be um, more aggressively treating pain. So the prescribing of these medicines increased dramatically. And before we really figured out that people were misusing and abusing them and maybe even becoming addicted to them, um, the epidemic had kind of gotten out of hand. So now we're sort of trying to get a handle on, you know, who really needs these medicines, what's the most appropriate way to prescribe them, and, you know, how to really help people use them safely, and then how to help people, too, who um, maybe are abusing or misusing them, getting them into treatment. I remember distinctly in medical school, and then when I went and got my medical license, uh, we were told distinctly, treat pain. People will not get addicted to pain medications. Um, If they have legitimate pain, this is the way to go. And so I wrote a lot of, I mean, a a lot of prescriptions for opiates 15 years ago um, in the, I believe, well-intentioned effort to help. I wanted to help. I wanted to get people... um, People's pain control, and and, and the now we've kind of realized that we it wasn't entirely the whole story. Maybe is that it is possible for people to get dependent on medications, and and the evidence doesn't even show that they're better um, than non-opiate pain medications for long-term chronic pain. It's very complicated. I I remember that so distinctly. Mm -hmm. And now 15 years later, we're talking about all the doctors got everybody on these medications, and we do bear some responsibility for that. I think the medical community bears some responsibility for that. Are you seeing patients in your (laughs) practices at the clinic that, that are on pain medications chronically that are trying to get off? Yeah, um, we do. Um, you know, we have patients, you know, the tragedy that occurred with Prince um, here locally was a big impetus for a lot of people to come to clinic and say, wow, if this could, you know, happen to Prince, maybe this could happen to me. They're taking high doses of pain medicine. Um, sometimes people come to us and say, I'd really like to taper down off of these medicines. They're really not helping me. Um, sometimes even the insurance companies have started cracking down and when people are on high doses of medicine, they'll start, um, they'll start saying, we're not going to pay for this unless you try to taper this patient. And then, you know, just as a a matter of good medical and pharmacy practice at Hennepin and all the health systems, um, really around the country, we're looking more closely, um, at our patients with chronic pain and looking at who's appropriate for these medicines and who isn't. Um, I'd encourage anybody who's on a high dose of pain medicine who is concerned about this to talk to their healthcare provider. And we can, you know, safely and effectively very slowly taper people over even six months or a year. It's not something that has to be done suddenly. You don't necessarily have to go through an uncomfortable withdrawal. Um, there's very safe and effective ways to do it. And sometimes it's even a matter of just getting the dose down to a safer level. Mm-hmm. I agree with that completely. It doesn't have to happen. In fact, it shouldn't happen overnight. So so if you are someone who's listening today and you take a daily Percocet for some kind of chronic pain that you've been on for a long time or 
or you take Vicodin, or you're taking oxycodone or hydrocodone. You could go on and on. If you're taking fentanyl, that's a strong one. See your provider about whether it's still the right thing for you and try to taper it off over time. That's a great conversation. We have a lot more show. We can talk more about it if people wish um, uh, after the break. Sure. I'll uh, give the phone number. We already have some callers on the line, so hang in there, and the textures uh, are coming in as well. If you want to send a text, that's 81807, or give us a call. I see one line is still available at uh, 651-989-9226. We're talking Ask a Pharmacist here on Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Right now, light rain and fog. It's 49 degrees on CCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're uh, in the midst of asking a pharmacist. You can do that very thing by phone or by text. And if you find the lines busy, please keep trying, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text. And as you can see, Dr. Hilton, we have many of those already, People too. People are doing that. Thank you so much. Well, let's uh, see who's been waiting. Uh, June is uh, calling from Cocado with a question. Uh, we're listening. June, go ahead. Okay. I'd like an answer about um, Novelin insulin, fast-acting insulin, and the Novelin R insulin, which is much cheaper to buy. And I wonder uh, about the difference and how effective they are to use. Those are really good questions, June's one. Of you, I, I'm going to give the the preface to the insulin story, and then we'll see what our pharmacists have to say about um, about the various formulations. So, insulin, a unit's a unit, a unit, and sometimes the, uh, it, it's just that it has evolved so much better um, from 20 years ago when people were trying trying to uh, duplicate your body's insulin through the through the use of, of artificially synthetic insulins. And they weren't very good at it 20 years ago. And now we have long-acting, we have short-acting, we have ultra-long-acting, we have ultra-short-acting. And so that's what you're talking about. They're not all the same price. And, and I know we try to duplicate what the body does. What do you think about, um, about June's question about the cost of her various insulin preparations? Mm-hmm. Cost is a big issue when it comes to these medications, um, June, that's a great question, something that we deal commonly with um, in the clinic. Um, As far as effectiveness between the two, all these medications are very effective, and it's important to work with your provider to find the right insulin uh, that works well to manage your diabetes and control your blood sugar. Uh, There are different programs available, too, to help you find a medication that is covered by your insurance and that's affordable for you. Isn't it true, Jill, that, you know, as long as, you know, I'm I'm sometimes appalled at what how much these insulins cost, and mm-hmm. I often tell patients that you know if it, it, what's important is that you get some, and mm-hmm. if the one that you were prescribed doesn't isn't covered or is way too expensive, there almost always is an alternative. Yeah, that's the neat thing about this. There's so many products available on the market. Um, we can work with you to find one that will work for you and that's cost effective. Yeah, I would tell June that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if one of them you can't afford or is just way more expensive, go mm-hmm. with the alternative one. Yeah. It, you know, there's usually a way to do yeah. that. All right, let's go back to the phones. Bill has been waiting there in Minneapolis to ask a question. Go ahead, Bill, please. Yeah, say my wife has had two severe back surgeries and she's on Percocet for pain control. And the, every time she goes in for a prescription for Percocet, they seem to have to do a urine test for detective whatever. Is, is that norm or is that something that the Congress enacted or what's the deal on that? Jill, Lori? Yeah, um, it is very common um, and it's actually considered a standard of care now to do urine drug screening on patients that are taking pain medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, don't feel picked on or. 
feel that you've your wife has done something that's not trustworthy. It's some we treat everybody exactly the same. Um, the government guidelines these days recommend urine drug screening every three to six months at a minimum, um, and it helps us um, make sure that people are say that say that we don't pick up Percocet in someone's urine and it's prescribed for them. Then that shows us that maybe they're overusing their pain medicine and running out early. Um, and we also want to make sure that people aren't, you know, using other opioids not prescribed for them or using drugs of abuse that could hurt them. So, yes, that is very common. I would also suggest, Bill, to, that your your wife um, has probably some significant back pain. Obviously, she's been needing to do this, and so I really that's the real deal. She really has that. But she might want to consider whether ongoing use of Percocet is in, in her best interest. Uh, she might want to consider talking to her provider about some alternatives that – aren't opiates because, um, uh, uh, it, as we were mentioning earlier, there are some risks to long-term opiate use. Now, um, uh, it's not for us to say what's exactly right for your wife, but um, uh, she might want to consider talking to her provider about an alternative to that. And I would concur with Lori. We routinely do your testing. Mm-hmm. It's not anything she did. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. I'll see who's next. Uh, Joe is calling from White Bear with a question. Go ahead, Joe. It's almost uh, a similar situation. I'm going to throw this a few questions at the pharmacist. Um, chronic back pain have been on the road of multiple surgeries. Uh, choose to not take any type of pain medication. Went down the road with a neurostimulator, basically not doing anything for me. <clears throat> so, does the pharmacist of today are they trained in the field of medical cannabis, or is that something specifically different? and what you deal with. First question. Second question is is um, kind of in nowhere land when it comes to any type of pain medication. Uh, seems like uh, I was part of that whole group in the 90s where they pushed a lot, and uh, I dealt with it, and I moved on. So just looking for some answers. Those are great questions, Joe. They really are. Um, Let's start with the medical cannabis. Um, for listeners, that's medical marijuana. Um, does one of you want to tackle that one? Yeah, I'd be happy to. We get a lot of questions about this in the pain clinic. Um, I know we get calls from out uh, outside Minnesota. You know, these laws vary from state by state. But um, in Minnesota, um, there are, you know, doctors have to certify you that you have uh, a condition um, that... Um, that you can get medical cannabis for, and um, intractable pain can be one of those conditions. So, um, so chronic pain, intractable pain, um, you have to go to a special doctor who can certify that you have that condition. And then there are specialized clinics and pharmacists that dispense medical medical cannabis. So, um, you can find information on the internet about that if you Google like Minnesota medical cannabis or talk to your a primary care doctor. They might have someone to refer you to. Um, it's quite expensive, which it, it's a barrier for our patients. I know um, at Hennepin, it can be a few hundred dollars just to see the provider initially, and then a few hundred dollars a month just to buy um, the cannabis. Um, but it would be something to talk to your provider about. If you have a spinal cord stimulator, you've had that tells me you've had pain for a long time and you've tried a lot of different things. So, um, and I think your second question was just about 
other, you know, other pain meds or therapies. Sounds like you've been on opioids in the past. You know, congratulations on maybe um, being able to stay away from that. Um, yeah, it sounds like you have a, a complex condition, but there's lots of other interventional therapies we can try, um, meds that aren't opioids. So, again, I would um, have you talk to your pain provider. And there might be some non-pharmacologic things as well. You know, I think it's a multi, like we sometimes say, a multimodal or a multidisciplinary uh treatment approach for chronic pain. Some of it, there's a role for medications, both opiates and non-opiates. There's a role for acupuncture or chiropractic or massage therapy or um, a variety of other things, stretching, a physical therapist. Um, sometimes there's a role for surgery and all that. So it's just um, uh, best wishes to you, Joe. Those are terrific questions um, that you've asked. I know we have to take a break here in about half a minute, but maybe before we uh, we do, we could mention this and, uh, and then take more calls and get to the text line, too. One thing we wanted to talk about was how do you dispose of your medications? We're going to talk about that um, after the after the top of the hour break. But Hennepin County also has drop-off sites throughout the community where you can dispose of your medications. The site to learn where they are, hennepin.us slash medicine, hennepin.us slash medicine. And those are some sites around um, the county of Hennepin where you can dispose of medications. And we're going to talk about that more after the break. Very good. As I said, we'll pick up on more phone calls. So stay where you are and uh, we'll catch up on some text messages as well. Light rain right now in the Twin Cities. It's 49 degrees. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're talking about asking a pharmacist. And uh, Dr. Hilden, as you can see, we've got a lot of callers, a lot of texters. And maybe for those that uh, have joined us a little bit late, who did you bring with you today? Thanks a lot, Danny. Good morning to everybody. This is indeed an Ask the Pharmacist show. And to help me out, we have two pharmacists. We have Jill Spitzmuller and we have Lori Wilhite. Um, They are pharmacists at Hennepin County Medical Center here in Minneapolis. And uh, for the rest of the hour, we're just going to take your questions. We'll start with the phones, then we'll go to the text messages. Um, If you didn't get yours answered today, I'm sorry about that. We're doing our best. You can always check us out at myhealthymatters.org. That's the blog site that is associated with the show. It's all one word, myhealthymatters.org. And you can get lots more information, including... um, uh, uh, podcasts of previous shows are always there. You can listen to a previous show, and I've got many dozens of posts that I've done about a variety of topics, so you can check us out there at myhealthymatters.org. Very All right, good. let's go to the phones. Marie in New Hope has been waiting. Uh, thank you, Marie. What is your question, please? Yes, I have a question about uh, atorvastatin. I have two physicians, an uh, internist and a, a general practitioner. On my last prescription pickup, I went from 40 milligrams of, of atorvastatin to 20 milligrams, and it wasn't uh, explained to me what is the problem of taking both those. I have wonderful numbers. My um, triglycerides and LDLs are 98, cholesterol 92, and the ratio now is 2.3. Uh, would you also speak to the safe, safety of uh, a leave or naproxen for pain medication. Thank you. Yeah, good questions, Marie. So it sounds like she had her dose reduced of atorvastatin, and your numbers are pretty good. Yeah, your numbers sound great. Um, There's many reasons why your physician could have decreased your dose of atorvastatin or Lipitor. Um, Most likely it was because they saw your numbers were really good, and they decided that you didn't need to be on such a high dose anymore. 
Is that a pretty high dose? Uh, 40 milligrams is something that we see fairly commonly in patients. Um, that's a very reasonable dose. Yeah, Marie, I would agree with Jill. You know, it's probably your numbers are pretty good. There are there are side effects of medications. And, you know, there's kind of a general rule. Um, I bet you guys learned this in, in pharmacy school. You know, you use the lowest dose you can to achieve the, the, the effect that you're after. And it sounds like maybe that's just what was going on in your case. What about um, Marie's comment about she, t- she had a question about non-steroidals. She had a question about Aleve, which is naproxen, which is sort of like ibuprofen. It's a non-steroidal. What about the safety of those in treating back or chronic pain? Yeah. um, You know, medicines like naproxen and ibuprofen are uh, very, can be safe and effective. Um, They're anti-inflammatory and they're good for fever and pain, but they can cause um, stomach issues and kidney issues. And so it's very important um, to let your doctor and pharmacist know about all your medical conditions and uh, other meds that you're taking because they can interact with other drugs. But um, it's especially if you find that you're taking it on a daily basis, um, it's something that you want to discuss with your primary care practitioner. All right, let's go back to the phones, and then I promise you we'll get pick up on text messages as well. John is calling from St. Paul. John, you are on CCO. Yes, I have uh, spinal arthritis, which is uh, was causing chronic uh, pain all the time, and uh, I uh, have been. Uh, prescribed uh, physical therapy, which I go to, and I also do stretching or whatever on my own. But I've always been apprehensive about medications since I'm a lifelong asthmatic, and I was taking Tedro when I was 12 years old, and it irritated uh, nerves in both arms and also gave me fibrillation up to two days. So I got a question. I assume you cannot question prescriptions from doctors, but do you ever suggest alternatives? Because I don't even take NSAIDs or or, uh, aspirin or whatever. Do you ever uh, suggest alternatives for the uh, patients to take something else? Sure. It sounds like you're looking for non-medication alternatives um, for treating chronic pain. I'm really glad to hear that you're um, in physical therapy. That is um, so smart. Um, You know, if you um, visit a pain clinic or see a pain specialist, there are injection therapies that can help some people, um, There are procedures like radiofrequency ablation and spinal cord stimulators that we use for people with chronic pain that can be very effective. So um, acupuncture, like David, uh, like Dr. Hilden mentioned, um, maybe uh, seek out an alternative, um, an alternative medicine clinic like one that we have at HCMC. Yeah, we have a great alternative medicine. It's, I guess it's called integrative care now. Okay. Um, that you made an interesting point, um, uh, John. You said that, uh, that don't question the the physician's um, uh, prescription. I, I all the time uh, uh, talk to pharmacists who have done just that. They're not questioning your motives or anything like that, but it's more of a team effort. And I appreciate it when the pharmacist or when the patient actually questions it, say, hey, is this, is this really right for me? I don't, you know, I, I don't know about that. And all the time the pharmacist will say, you know what, this dose is a little bit odd. Or, you know, this person's also taking medicine A and you're given a medicine B. And are you sure that's a good idea? So it's not that the pharmacist or anybody is questioning the physician's judgment. Physicians need to have their question. Their, the, just, we just need to check up on each other. And it's no longer that, you know, kind of that Marcus Welby thing where what I say goes. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Um, they're... they're 
equal members of the team. So you as a patient, you're doing the right thing, I think, if you're becoming educated on your medications. You're asking your pharmacist. You're asking your physician. So I think I encourage that kind of stuff. Should we uh, – here is uh, – Here's a text message one. We have a lot of texts. Let's try to – here's one that came earlier in the show. What about extended release omeprazole? Why is it uh, so much more expensive than regular? Um, I guess regular release omeprazole. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to say exactly why. It most likely has to do with how the product is made, um, and it just costs a little bit more to make that product. So it's Um, probably not any – you know, it's just for ease of dosing, I guess. Yeah, makes it more convenient. Convenience equals money, I guess. Now, does it cause increased risk of dementia? That's what some. This is the same. The same texter is asking if antacid medicines increase the risk of dementia. You know, dementia is such a hard one. I don't know if we know about any specifics on that one. Mm-hmm. Do we? I don't know if I you do. I haven't heard any specifics on that. Great question, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not aware of that either. I know we texture. have to, to break just for a moment or two. So those folks on the line in the Texas, we're going to come back with your calls and text messages as well. Yeah, if you need to get a, a – you don't have a pharmacy that you use or you want one that's more convenient to you, Hennepin's got them all over the place. And so our pharmacies are located – get this, they're in St. Anthony Village, at the Whittier Clinic in South Minneapolis, at the Richfield Clinic, the Be Well Clinic in downtown Minneapolis, and the newest one if you live or work in the North Loop – there's not been a pharmacy in the North Loop of downtown Minneapolis. And if you live or work there, I've heard from loads of people who live and work in the North Loop of Minneapolis there wasn't a pharmacy. Well, folks, there is now. The North Loop Clinic and Pharmacy is open. I was just there yesterday. It's a gorgeous facility. It's stop a, by. Stop by. It's a full-service mm-hmm. pharmacy. Um, maybe you need to be a patient there as well. But even if you're not, full-service pharmacy, 800 North Washington Avenue, Right by Bar La Grassa, if you know where that is. Um, it's a great pharmacy um, at all of our locations. And if you live or, or work in the North Loop, check out the North Loop Pharmacy. Very good. We have to uh, take a break right now. We have more show to come. So those folks on the line, stay there. And we'll pick, as I said, up on uh, text messages as well. Fog and mist yet in the Twin Cities. Our CCO temperature reading 48 degrees. We might go back to 51 later today. And welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We are t- talking about asking a pharmacist. And, boy, as you can tell, Dr. Hilden, we've got a lot of questions for Indeed. our pharmacist today. Indeed, Danny. I'm going to go through the uh, lightning round on the text line for Jill and Lori. Okay, you ready to go? Here's some text messages. Um, how do I dispose of glass medicine vials? Geez, I don't think I've ever heard that question before. Yeah, I. That's a quizzical look, Lori. Well, I'm thinking about whether she needs a sharps container or not, but probably not because there's no so. needles. Yeah. yeah. As long as there's no medications in them, you can mm-hmm. probably put them in your recycle bin, couldn't you? Maybe, maybe. or um, right as long as there's no late identifying information on there, maybe oh, yeah. um, throw them in a coffee can and tape them up and put them in the garbage. So just yeah. in case they break or whatever, that nobody gets hurt. But. Yeah. Okay. Here's another question. What over-the-counter headache or pain medicines are safe to use if your liver profiles are elevated? Hmm. That's a good question. It it depends upon how. So um, there are liver function tests that we take, blood tests that can show liver inflammation. It really depends upon the degree. So um, best to talk to your primary care um, provider about that because sometimes both um, Tylenol and Medicines like ibuprofen can be a problem, but it, it really depends upon um, the exact numbers on the test. Mm-hmm. Especially watch out for Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another one that says, I'm going to have a colonoscopy very soon. It says to stop taking medications that have iron in them. 
I am on blood pressure medicine and cholesterol medicine and diabetes medicine. Do any of them typically have iron in them? It's hard to say without seeing the exact medication names if they have iron. I would recommend that you meet with a pharmacist or your provider to go through each medication one by one to see if there's iron in them. Would that be common to have iron in I medicines? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard of many, but I would still double check. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another one. Do blood pressure medicines, especially lisinopril and metoprolol, cause hair loss? I don't think of either one of those medicines yeah. as commonly causing hair loss. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to another one. It says, um, uh, can an occasional use of a half a milligram of clonazepam or clonopin be used as a sleep aid? What's clonazepam? Um, clonazepam is a, in the family of drugs called benzodiazepines. Um, you know, lorazepam, um, alprazolam, or some other Valium or other ones that come that are common. Um, we try to stay away from those medicines for sleep. They can cause falls, and the clonazepam is kind of long-acting. Um, you know, it might last longer than a typical duration of sleep, um, and could affect driving and other issues. So, um, you know, talk to your provider about what's best, but that. In general, um, benzodiazepines can have can have issues with them, and we try to use other uh, modalities for sleep. Yeah, I don't like any medicines for sleep, but I, I'm not a big fan of that one. I'm going to list a few medicines, and the question is going to be, do these cause dry mouth? Metformin, omeprazole, lisinopril, chlorothaladone, aspirin, amlodipine, atorvastatin, lorazepam, zolpidem. So this is a person who's listed their medication list and is having dry mouth. And I know we can't get into the specifics of those, but do do medications cause dry mouth? There's definitely medications that cause dry mouth from that list of medications. None of them jump out to me as being main causers of dry mouth or big contributors to it. All right. How about this one? Um, Let's see. My son takes Stratera to help manage his attention deficit disorder. There's a generic which uses the same active ingredient. The generic is much cheaper. Is there any risk to using the generic? I'm a believer in generic medicines <clears throat> and um, take them whenever there's a, ne- a generic available. So mm-hmm. I would um, I would support trying the generic. I would as well. Here's a question. Says I'm interested. This is a whole topic. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts as to why pharmaceuticals are so much more expensive here than in every other country, and we only have 30 seconds. So are you gonna can you handle that in 30 seconds? <laughs> From your pharmacy perspective, the generic question that's one yeah. way to make them cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a public policy expert, but um, yeah, that's you could probably have another guest on the show and address how that talks a better. <laughs> one last one in just a few seconds. Over time, can Imitrex become less effective if taken too frequently? So this person has migraines. Mm-hmm. What about if you take it too much? Um, there's definitely risk to taking it too much, but it. Generally, people don't gain a tolerance to it that I that I am aware of. Plus, if you're taking Imitrex six to seven times per month, you're having a lot of migraines. I would recommend a preventative. You know, try something else. You know, try mm-hmm. Topamax or try mm-hmm. you know a beta blocker or try something to try to prevent them from happening in in the first place. If you're taking anything, if you're getting migraines six to seven times per month, I think that that's that's what I'd yeah. suggest. Right, Jill and Lori, believe it or not, we're out of time. That Whoa. went fast, didn't it? <laughs> Is that painless? Can I use that term? Yeah, that was good. <laughs>
If you want that website about where in Hennepin County to dispose of your medications, at Hen- that's hennepin.us forward slash medicine. You can always check us out at uh, myhealthymatters.org. And I want to thank everybody for um, your calls and texts. I'm sorry if we didn't get to them. We did our best. There's always more than we can handle. Jill, Lori, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It was fun. It's been great having you on the show. I do want to remind you I, that event on going to be on a panel discussion at the Science Museum. It's called uh, um, Science and Society, Why Facts Don't Seem to Matter. Come and have a lively discussion about science. It's on June 15th, and go um, go to myhealthymatters.org, and I'll post some more information. How about next week's show? What are we doing next week? Let's I see. We're doing an open, open line, line show yeah. next week. I think it's Memorial Day, isn't it? It is the weekend. Open That's line right. show next yeah. week. All right, very good. We'll see you back again. Jill and Lori, thanks again for, uh, for coming in to CCO this morning. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.